This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Tim, lightning round questions. Are we ready to go? Let's do it. All right. I'll go, I'll go first. So if you can't have a CDO with both business and technical, could you start with a technical CDO who can learn the business on the job? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can coach height, right? And the height here is tech skills. Like it's it's much easier to get smart and understand how the business works and start doing things like, you know, putting together guesstimates on return on investment for a particular, um, you know, solution than it is to start coding in Python. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, second lightning round question. Should analytics and the data office be bundled? Are you, AKR, are you a fan of CDAO? Um, so my intuition says yes, um, because that's the supply and the demand. And you don't want to separate the supply from demand. When they're separated, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because you're not going to build the right thing or you're not going to build it right. So <laughs> neither one is a good is a good option. All right. That's an interesting analogy there. It's like separating engineering and product management. Like if they're too far away from each other, weird things happen, right? That's right. All right. Next question. Is it better to have a few unicorns on your data team or 10 more specialized team members? Depends on which team. If I'm running a startup, I'll take the two unicorns. If I'm running a big organization, um, it's going to disrupt everything because people are going to get jealous of the unicorns because there really are unicorns. There are very few. And I don't have as much utility for them. I have a very clear structure around who's doing what. But if I'm starting a company, I will spend the 10x on hiring a unicorn. And I've, I've hired a few. I know exactly what they look like. They are rare. But when you hire one, oh, my God, you know, the ROI is through the roof. Great answer. Wow. All right. Fourth question, final question. Will generative AI be a net simplifier and accelerator for data teams? Or not? I, I feel like the right answer is yes. It will be and it will not be. Um, you know, it will simplify a lot of a lot of things that we're doing manually right now but it will also create a lot of issues, right? Like we're seeing already ethical AI and all of this stuff. And and now how do you teach a college course to you know how do you check that a legal essay was not done, you know, uh, in, you know was not plagiarized. Um, I think that create, it, it solves problems that creates problems at the same time, which is great. That's progress, right? It is. All right. Takeaway time. So we had a lot. Tim, take us away with takeaways. All right. Well, we started off with the DNA of the top part of the organization, and we talked about the CDO. Uh, and you especially, Alex, started off by talking about, you know, the expectations and the challenges and the turnover that we experience at that level. You know, it's a, it's a new role, uh, you know, relatively speaking, expectations are high. And you use that analogy of, you know, the average age of the S&P companies, they were a while ago, it was like 60 years. Now it's 15. Similarly, maybe, you know, you might expect a CIO or something like that 20 years ago, 30 years ago to stay at the company for 10, 15, 20 years. The CDO is, I think the latest data is like an average tenure of about three years or so, right? 
Um, so uh, obviously things are changing. Some of that is to be expected, but some of that is kind of undesirable, right? It, it definitely makes things challenging from a resilience standpoint. Um, so when we looked at the, the CDO, we also talked about like, what's their goal? Uh, and you really mentioned that it should be business value first. If you have to focus, you need to put that focus and, and, and put it on business value and put that at the center. And the technology comes after, right? Obviously, the, the two together is, is best. And I think that was a theme also that we talked about today. But if you have to pick one, it's business first. Um, expectations. You got to turn data insights into business value. Um, you have to kind of know enough to be dangerous um, but you want to kind of have some depth, right? So we talked about this T-shaped person and, and you kind of described having, having one of these uh, deeper skills in a particular technical area that can really help you uh, to, to build respect in the organization and, and to, to be able to answer those types of questions like, uh, you know, hey, you know, I want to use this deep learning model. Oh, do, do you really need to use a deep learning model for that? I really think that can be a logistic, uh, you know, uh, regression. And I, I think that 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 ability to to command that respect and navigate those uh, those kinds of conversations ends up being important. Um, you mentioned that uh, technology versus business is a, is a false dichotomy, right? You want to be able to to try to address both of those. Somebody needs to be bringing the data competence, and if it's not the CDO, then then that person needs to report to it. Um, and uh, you mentioned that, um, uh, you know, the CDO, where's the best place for them to really report? There's, there's no ultimate answer for that. Um, you know, it it's definitely depends on the organization. Um, but if you want to have, you know, consistency in your data, your systems, your training, your dictionary, your ontology, then it is good to start in a centralized fashion and kind of grow from there. And then figure out kind of uh, how to decentralize over time. And I know, we'll, uh, Juan, you probably have some more takeaways about that in a minute. Um, uh, and that you should really think about, is this person reporting into a value center or are they reporting into a cost center? Uh, and if you're saying that, hey, analytics is going to be a value driver for the organization and then they're going to report into a cost center, then you got to recognize that either you're going to set them up for problems or, or you need to change some of the mandate in the way that you're thinking about your CIO organization or your CFO organization or whatever it may be to be a value driving aspect as well. Uh, and so that's pretty important. Um, analytics in general, um, you know, is is something that creates value for the organization. You, you mentioned Peter Drucker uh, and how um, he uh, pushed that really a business has two revenue centers. It's, it's marketing and innovation. And so you connected that to analytics. Analytics should be focused on marketing and innovation. Juan, I'll pass it over to you. What about your takeaways? That's one of the key things right now. This, there's one thing to remember is you need to provide value. If you want to go do that, it's through innovation, marketing, innovation, new products. Marketing is making those products accessible to the customer. So then we also talk about like the bottoms up, right, from the data engineers, the data scientists. And I, I like how you categorize the different types of jobs, right? You have six categories, professional services, corporate, FinServe, startup, government, MPOs, NGOs, and big tech. And the reason why it's important to think about these differently is because they all have different mentalities, different modalities around how they deal with technology. Uh, you, you gave your personal example, right? You were, you, you were in academia, you got out, did your master's, and you went to join a, a strategic consultancy where you learned so much about the business. And that's something you could have only learned at a consultancy around that. So if you think about it, in a consultancy, you're going to be jumping on so many different topics. In big tech, you're going to be specializing on the topic. They don't want unicorns. While startups, on the other way, they you, they want a unicorn. They, they're going to be hiring. They want somebody who can do the data engineering, the scientists, wear lots of hats at unicorn. Um, 
this is a great, interesting question. Is like, if I want to become a CDO, what is my path to the CDO? Your very specific answer is like, you should be in corporate, right? You really need to understand the political skills, right? Because it's really corporate America, right? A corporate world who's going to be looking for CDOs. Who's the CDAO of Google? I don't know. Everybody does analytics over there, right? So, and if you're going to, if somebody, company's looking for a CDO, for people who have experience in corporate, thinking about the bottoms of teams, you talked about what do it, what, is, what do teams need to go do when it comes to data? You said specifically data governance, cloud integration, data management, modeling, data science, machine learning, reporting, visualization, and having that liaison to the business domain. And then eventually as things scale, right? Then you have different aspects who start focusing those domains. So your data science, machine learning will be focusing on a domain. The reporting and visualization will focus on a domain, right? Over time, that decentralization is really an, a, a manifestation of the maturity of the organization. You start having embedded analytics all very part of it. I mean, then that's why central teams won't have any more uh, reporting dashboards teams and they're, they're going to be pushed out. How did we do? Anything we missed? No, you guys did great. I feel very understood. Well, this was all you. We just uh, we were just paying attention to what you were saying, and you had a great, uh, great, a lot of insights in here. Uh, we're gonna throw it back to you. Three final questions: What's your advice? Who should you invite next? And what are the resources that you follow? Um, sure. So my advice is: um, so I started doing a series at KPMG for the younger analytics professionals in the organization, um, and it's um, it's also kind of catered around creating your identity and connecting and networking within the firm uh, to create value to help your career grow. And, um, you know, so the motto for that is watch your ass. And this is the ass with a capital S. And the three things analytics professionals that I need, that I think that I've pushed to focus on is first ass is the sector. Everything is getting sectorized. The earlier on you decide, I'm going to be a financial services guy. I'm going to be a healthcare guy. Or, you know, I'm going to be a consumer goods guy, girl, whoever that is, that's going to be very, very helpful because that's getting premium more and more. Right. And companies that are companies like even like like Microsoft, but even next layer down like Databricks, uh, you know, fantastic company that's, you know, in, in the compute space, they're getting sectorized like they're getting you know, focused on specific solutions for specific industries. So the second S is the hyperscaler. Like the world is in the cloud, right? Now, whether it's AWS or Azure or GCP, fine, but choose one, get certified, get, you know, good at it. That's going to be a key differentiator. You're not just a data scientist writing Python code or a data engineer, right? You actually know how to do this within a hyperscaler. And the third S is the, what I call the subdomain, right? Which is the, you know, within analytics, choose a specific function okay you do fraud or you do risk analytics or you do nlp or you do computer vision choose something you specialize in that becomes a really a big part of who you are and sort of the wrap around it is that you know sort of tell your dragon slaying story go network go connect with people um and you know wrap it all around that wrap the three s's into one dragon slaying story that tells the prospective customer employer um, or even an employee about, you know, how awesome you are and, and why it's worth getting to know you. That's fantastic advice. Three S's. Watch your ass. Watch your ass. <laughs> Who should we invite next? 
So the most, I, this is going to be a challenge. Uh, uh, the most interesting man in the world, in my opinion, is uh, Tyler Cowen. He's a professor of economics at um, George Mason, and he has a podcast as well. He's an economist, and um, you know he is, uh, he's just a brilliant, brilliant person. So um, he has, he's not a data scientist or analytics professional, but if you can get him on, uh, I would recommend. I, I, I follow him religiously. This is kind of leading to the next question, what do I read or listen to, whatever. Yeah. So Tyler's podcast is number one. Um, I used to be a big fan of Eric Weinstein when he ran the portal. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, a Harvard PhD mathematician that uh, used to work for um, for Thiel, Peter Thiel, uh, as an MD in his um, in his venture fund. Um, also fascinating. Um, I listened to a podcast called Intelligence Squared um, at least once a month. I think it's one of the most interesting podcasts that kind of involves different topics from you know history, literature, politics, poetry. Um, not a pure data science um, source but just something that I, I find fascinating. Um, I think I think those are the, I, I read the journal every day just because you gotta know what's going on in, in the business. Yeah. Right, and then I, I follow a bunch of, for technology and data, I, I don't have a single source. I think I, I, I use Feedly and I just follow whatever the Feedly article takes me to. Um, and the sources are kind of all over the place. All right. Well, this was a fantastic uh, set of resources uh, to go follow. Uh, Alex, this was a fantastic conversation. Thank Just quickly, uh, next week, our guest is going to be Ricardo Baeza Yates. Uh, he's a research professor at Northeastern University. He's the past VP of research of Yahoo Labs. He's a pioneer in all web work. Uh, he wrote the book on modern information retrieval. So for only uh, computer scientists out there, look about web information retrieval stuff. He wrote the book on that. He's a true expert in AI uh, and a really good friend of mine. And uh, next week is the web conference in Austin, which I'm the general chair of, and Ricardo's going to be there. Uh, so we're going to have a live uh, podcast with him. And, and he's been one of those loud voices about bias in AI and responsible AI. So it's going to be a really great conversation. Um, with that, Alex, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was a phenomenal conversation. Cheers, Cheers Tim. Alex. Tonight. Thank you for having me, guys.